Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Brandford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. He's the baby. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting for Jason to say something. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Good evening and welcome to the kickoff. Season 3, Episode 2, here on the W2M Network. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening. You guys know the shtick by now. If there's one thing I am full of, it is shtick. Joining me, as per usual, the executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Yeah, um, if anybody heard me screaming on Sunday, yeah, you know why. She put it in the wrong hole. <laughs> Look, it is for first Family time. show! Jesus. <laughs> can't even get through the, the earliest family. Part. That is the earliest family show we've got to date. New record! <laughs> I'm willing to bet that is a factually accurate statement, chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. Uh, you can call me the Cookie Monster, and Harry, yes, I will eat your cookie. I don't even want to know. Oh, that's funny. When did you become a redheaded Russian chick? <laughs> so you do realize what we're finding out here, that Jason did it all for the cookie. The cookie. Hey. I'm a fat kid. I do a lot of things for some cookies. That's fair. Finally, co-host, turned producer, turned back into co-host, Brandon Biscabing. Like I said last week, I'm I, I, I'm just the uh, floater. I think you might be here to try to keep things in a straight and narrow. We're all screwed. <laughs> in addition, the man whose voice you probably won't hear as much of this show as you did last show, just because I don't think any of us are bringing up his beloved cowboy, Sean Garmer. Cowboys kicked ass. There you go. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> <sighs> yes, we're we're officially on the um the the Giants uh the Giants suicide hotline time now. It's only gonna get worse this week. And welcome back to the suicide hotline. Hang in there, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and a and it's okay. not 11. So. Yeah. Allow me to disclaimer here. The views and opinions of Jason. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> exactly. Because let's face it. We're never going to forget anyways. Okay. All I'm going to say is that was a callback to my very first show on, on the kickoff. Okay. Real quick here on a serious note, though. As was mentioned, this is the anniversary of 9-11. Um, to anybody out there who may be listening who was affected in any way, our sincerest condolences, and I genuinely mean that. I know we screw around a lot on this mm-hmm. show here, but let us all hope and pray that we never have another national tragedy like we did 18 years ago today. I was definitely the, I was definitely the one that was closest to it, that's for sure. Uh, really now? <laughs> uh, yes. He may have lived in Jersey at the time. I did. Yeah, well, I mean, when I, you were, well, I was, what, five minutes from Andrews Air Force Base? Pentagon? <laughs> hey, oh, 
Eric still lived in D.C. at that point, Brandon. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So you and I both. Mm-hmm. I, 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 was, I was home. I was on a high school field trip, actually. Um, we get asked this question here. What were you doing when it happened? Do you remember what you were doing when it happened? And I do. I was on a high school field trip. And I'm sitting on the campus of Youngstown State University. Me and Jason have had a conversation about this school a lot on this show because of the Marshall-Youngstown State rivalry. And we were on a campus there for a economics field trip. And all you see in the cafeteria while you're going from classroom to classroom there, you see like the news clips and stuff going on. And you're like, what, what happened? What's going on here? And by the time you finally get back to school and find out what's going on, your entire knowledge scatters. So, again, to all of those who have lost loved ones as a result of today or the ensuing aftermath of today, i.e. military engagement and the like ever since, our sincerest condolences. And to those men and women bravely serving this country, we thank you, we appreciate you, and we hope you come home safe. Let's start the show the way we always do. It's time for Studs and Duds. Eric, Stud. Okay. There, there's a little school that I doubt anybody has heard of called Minot State University. They announced hmm? it this past Saturday. Yeah, I mean, they were happened to be playing a somewhat nearby hockey school in the University of Minnesota Duluth. It was late in the game. It, it, it was fairly competitive, but their kick returner, Corey Kerrigan, what do you do when you normally fumble on a kickoff? You have very little hope, right? Mm-hmm. Not not Corey. What does he do? Picks the ball up about six yards deep in his end zone, mining in his own business, and it's like, oh, look, I've got running room. I'm going to take advantage, and I'm going to run, and I'm going to keep running, and I'm going to keep running. Oh, look, I'm in the end zone. I scored a touchdown. For doing that, sir, you are my stud. If I knew what the hell your team's nickname was, I would say it right now. The catfish. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is he ran. He ran so far away. He ran. He ran all night and day. He had to get away. Thank you for playing into the bit, Eric. Jason, <laughs> who's your stud for the week? <laughs> I don't know if I can follow that, but my stud for the week is a NFL quarterback. That her, that was labeled as a run first RG three prototype quarterback that couldn't throw the ball very far and was going to be easily stopped. Oh yeah, Lamar Jackson just dropped like I think he just threw another touchdown on Miami's defense. <laughs> and the fact that he trolled everyone after the game and he said he just said yeah I can't beat you with my arm can I? I just <laughs> dropped the mic on that. You know, I have to give stud status to that. The kid balled out. He came in with a rookie wide receiver that he made a household name in one game. Um, and I, I, I kind of like the Jackson to Hollywood connection. So just for that, he's going to be my stud this week. Okay, to be fair, Jason, and we'll talk more about this a little bit later in the show. No, there's no fairness on this show. If you argue with me, I will drive up there and I will kick you in your nuts. <laughs> to be fair, I think you and I could throw a touchdown pass on the Miami defense this season. 
Yeah, well, to be fair, that didn't help me almost win money in FanDuel, now does it? Damn, Alvin Kamara had to sneak in for son of a damn near one, 18 (laughs) bucks. (laughs) Brandon Stud. My stud is going to sting for Eric. My stud for this week is Sammy Watkins, who dropped 198 yards and three TDs on his Jaguars. You know what? I'm only semi-mad. It's not the Jaguars' offense, or not the Kansas City offense, that really pissed me off. It's the defense. I mean, really? Did you have to neutralize Big Dick Nick before we could even get used to him? Son of a bitch. (laughs) Poor Eric is going to need therapy by the time this season is out in Jacksonville. (laughs) Much the same way Giants fans needed therapy after Sunday's afternoon's game of the week. My stud for the week is going to be Will Lutz, kicker, New Orleans, who should have had a chance to win, to uh, take the lead for New Orleans in the, or to give New Orleans the points that they would have needed in the first half but didn't get it, and instead decided to kick a buzzer-beating 58-yard career-long field goal to beat the Houston Texans on Monday Night Football. It was probably the game of the week. For, for that, Will Lutz... I salute to thee. Eric, who's your dud? I'm going to go look up my new state's nickname. Yeah, uh, for my dud, I've got a couple. Because, like Will Lutz, you pretty much have one job. Extra kudos for the 58-yarder. But, uh, Bubba Baxa, really? Do you really have to go and be all extra and break my heart? I mean, against North Carolina. Also, as Harry mentioned, what was it? The kicker for Louisiana Monroe? Guys, just no. Couple seconds left. No one knows your name. And, Baba, you've got a really cool one. You're wearing number 21, which you immediately put a little bit of disgrace towards it. All you got to do, go out there. Make your kick, be famous, cult hero, etc., etc. Everybody moves on with their lives. You two didn't, and you two were my duds. Damn kickers, mm, oh, and two. Mm, mm. <laughs> All right, since Eric wrapped it up, and we're still waiting on Harry to go back, I'll go ahead and follow I'm suit. Here. And go ahead. Well, I, I was just giving you some time, man. Go I was ahead. doing the little segue transition. You know, I follow the black you. man. I'm used to following the black man. <laughs> <laughs> so we just segue into we segue from the black into the Irish. We good. Uh, my dad this yep. week. It was originally. Uh, I'll just touch on this. It was originally WVU, but then I started thinking. I'm gonna give a shout out to one to. One of my good friends who I was on his show earlier today, Robert Foster, and I want to take the Browns, who got annihilated with all that talent by the Tennessee Titans. Um, mm-hmm. The Browns, the Browns had a lot of hype. Everybody was picking them to win division. <clears throat> Me, um, and a lot of hype was. You actually have people showing their face wearing Browns jerseys. So I mean. You know, that takes a lot of hype to get people to admit they're Browns fans. Mm-hmm. And then and then they have opening kickoff, and they get their shit kicked out of them by Tennessee Titans and Marcus Mariota. 
The Flying Hawaiian had a field day against a highly touted, what people thought was going to be a solid Browns defense. So, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we could say, uh, Coach Kitchen, let's, welcome to the NFL. Let, yeah, let's kind of, go ahead, Real hey. quick, before Brandon goes, and let's first of all give a shout-out to Eric for calling this last week with his uh, with his survivor pool pick. Well oh, done, no. Eric. Oh, no. I just noted the fact that the Browns are 0-13-1 in their last 14 season openers. Oh, no. I just knew that they had all of this hype even to the point where Nance and Romo were calling the game in Cleveland, yet my pick for Tennessee was ballsy. More on some interesting aspects from that game in a moment. Also, um, yeah, Jason, that mega parlay we talked about, I got Sean researching the specifics, but needless to say, you might be paying up and I might be extremely happy. It'll be a very happy ending to my season, (laughs) if you will. Okay. Back to the show at hand here. My new state are the Beavers, by the way, which given the, quality, <laughs> given the quality of people on this show, Eric picking Beaver is not surprising at all. And for that, I have the family. All I want to say is it, it, is, a, it is a favorite delicac- delicatessen of mine and Eric's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brandon, who's your dud for the week? Let me just say first real quick before I get to my dud. Um... Who happened during the uh, preview show for the NFL season? Oh, no, oh I think that on. was me. Browns are going to Browns. I heard who, who. I thought the damn West Virginia Hootas came in here. <laughs> I was to say, the Buckets aren't ready yet. They're still in preseason for some reason. Damn, Moonshine. Browns are going to Browns. OBJ is going to OBJ. And that is my the week is... A fellow a fellow divisional rival of the Browns, who I had high expectations for this season. Me too. Also crappy. The Pittsburgh Steelers only scored three points against the Patriots. Yes, it's the Patriots. Still, only being able to score three points. Come on. All right. I don't know how. Is all the Steelers fans talked about they don't need A.B. and no, don't need Bell and then come out and do this. I'm pretty sure that they kind of need A.B. and they need mm-hmm. Bell. I'm fighting with my phone to try to get back to Skype. Give me one second here so that way I can properly address the situation at hand here. All right, here we go. Um, have I know a lot of you guys follow along on the while you're watching the games on Facebook and stuff, and a lot of you guys see like the memes and stuff that put, things like NFL put out, the NFL memes networks put out there. Did you guys see the one um, us parody meme that they put out? Steelers fan faces when they see the Browns lose by thirty. Steelers fan faces when they lose by thirty themselves. I thought that one was no, pretty I didn't do that one. That one was pretty <laughs> solid. I have to give credit where credit is due there. Um. I have a dud of my own, and I'm actually going to be the only one to not discuss the National Football League in my duds. Well, I guess technically Eric hit on Bubba Baxa from Miami of Florida, but that was a homer comment, so I don't know if that necessarily counts. So we stay in the ACC, Eric, which seems to be your specialty here. And, you know, there were two ranked teams in the ACC in in the previous week's top 25 poll. Did you know that? 
Yes. Weirdly enough. One of them. The number one overall Clemson Tigers, who, despite not having their best performance, had enough to take care of Texas A&M. The other was the number 21 ranked Syracuse Orange. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Who who played Maryland and (laughs) and promptly had 63 points put up on them in the Carrier Dome. Fear the damn turtle. What the hell got into them? I mean, come on. Is this really all that surprising? It's Syracuse. They're not a football school. Yeah, but it's Maryland. Uh, They haven't been half decent since the fridge. Fair enough. And even that was debatable. Thank you. It's Maryland, who apparently now is turning into a juggernaut in college football, having outscored opponents 142 to 20 to start the season. Real stat. Yeah. 79 nothing in their opener, 63 to 20 in their second game. Now they're ranked, but wait until they get into the teeth of their Big Ten schedule. Oh, Maryland's going to win like two games in the Big Ten. That is utterly beside the point. The fact <laughs> of the matter is, is they went to the Carrier Dome and racked the keys in their house. Congratulations, what? Syracuse, you fucking duds. Oh, don't worry, Syracuse. <laughs> Not only could you possibly get him back in basketball, wait until lacrosse season. We know that's your element. <laughs> only on the kickoff will you get comments about lacrosse. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. <laughs> hey, Eric. Yeah, So, that happened. <clears throat> okay. Now, when you're at a game and you try to figure out what time it is through the course of the game, what do you typically do? I'll look at my watch. Look at the clock. Okay, you look at the stadium clock. You would potentially look at your watch, but you would do that as a fan, right? You wouldn't do that if you were actually playing. Actually, I whip my penis out and judge it by how the sunlight hits it and the shadow it casts. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. If, you've got, if you've got it, flaunt it. Okay, granted, <laughs> but in some situations that may or may not have potentially gotten me arrested and or five or six phone numbers, but that's beside the point. My point is, <clears throat> if you're actually playing and focusing on the game, you know, your quarterback is out there throwing three interceptions, your defense can't stop a running faucet, blah, blah, blah. You really don't necessarily need to have that in the forefront of your mind. OBJ disagrees. Not only does he disagree, he disagrees in a typical OBJ way. Now, the valuation of the watch that he was wearing, and he's actually said will continue to wear during games, has varied. I've heard on the lower end, $190,000. I've heard on the higher end, $350,000. On my end, I'm thinking, look, I can pay off a lot of bills, get a lot of a certain uh, Pat McAfee-branded vitamins, and have a lot of shenanigans with all that kind of money, and still have room to spare for a new car. I guess my main question is, why? And also, if it really is made of plastic, so it's not defined as a hard object, 
How the hell are you getting a $190,000 plastic watch? Motherfucker, he bought that on the on the damn streets of New York from Gucci Mane for 50 cents. That's <laughs> a goddamn knockoff. I think let, it's adorable let, let me, that you... Hold on real quick. I think it's adorable that okay. you think that was bought in New York. He ordered that shit on Wish from China, bro. Exactly. <laughs> hey, we, don't start that because we end up getting everybody's Facebook will be a, tied to Eric's wish list, and we'll get that strange shit popping up again. Hey, hey, I have not. Family show. Stranded. <laughs> let Let me just say real quick: the two teams that are probably the most happy about getting rid of a potentially big time player this season so far are the Giants and the Steelers. And we will talk about them in a little we will talk about that player in a little bit. Actually we'll talk about that player right now. Jason Segway. So, that happened. Segway So that happened. So um week one of the NFL season we get the um, we get a great off season one that Probably premier wide receivers gets traded to the Oakland Raiders, where people go to die. Careers are never flourished. And then, like, the motherfucker lost his mind. I think he's bipolar. AB records phone calls or releases a video of it, apologizes to his team, calls his GM a cracker, threatens his life. To the point where the graders are saying, fuck it, we're going to cut you. So everybody's like, all right, what's going to happen? Premier receiver gets cut by the Raiders. Oh, in a matter of six hours, the motherfucker goes to the the evil empire and signs a lucrative one-year prove-me deal with the Patriots. I, I think it's a little fishy. I mean, you know, New England usually tries to you know, not be so blatant that they're fucking cheating like motherfuckers. Who are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah, what are you talking about? They're, they, they don't care. I said, I, I said they try. They try. They don't. They're usually not so blatant. But I mean, my favorite thing to come my my favorite thing to come out of this thus far has been the meme of Antonio what is Fode talking to Bill Belichick. Bill, I've tried everything I know. What do you suggest? Bill, call exactly. him a cracker and kick the football. <laughs> no, my favorite exactly. my favorite thing of this is the the little video of um that Jordan Peele movie. Shit, what is it? Get out. Yeah. And it shows God. it shows him walking up, it says and it has Josh Gordon and he walks <laughs> up to the guy. And he's like, Hey, how you doing? you know? He, he turns around. He's like, "I'll prima proper." He's like, "What? Well, how you doing, young man?" <laughs> Says Antonio Brown's first day at the Patriots training facility. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. You'll have to find out. Let Let me just say real quick, especially for Harry and Jason and myself, those of us who are wrestling fans. As soon as we saw the Patriots pick him up. As quickly as they did, everyone with half a brain knew that this was all a work. This was pre-planned ever since the the Steelers refused to trade them to the Patriots. Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, 
and John and and uh, Antonio Brown all met and said, "Okay, how do I get here?" And they figured out this whole thing of him acting crazy to well, where there's such I don't a think it's circus an in in Oakland. Oh, I I think it is because I have a feeling as soon as he gets Uh-oh. to New England, he will be all cordial. He will. You know, tow the company line, all of that. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to. I want to point something out, and then I'll pass it over to you, Eric. Because uh, I'm Eric's our sports encyclopedia for first time listeners that could probably back this up. Um, a lot of people that are close to him said that the hit that he took. Uh, I can't remember who the lady was. It was perfect. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I was going to bring that up myself. Ever since that he took that hit, he's not been right. They're they're really suspecting that he has like some serious like I mean, and all joking aside, because you know I do have you know people that don't know I do have kind of a medical background. They're saying that he had a that that caused a traumatic brain injury that went undiagnosed, and a lot of people that were really close to him. Um, has said that he just kind of did a complete 180 in his actions and how he his behavior. Oh, I would, I would absolutely not be surprised at all to find out that he's suffering from CTE right now. And yeah. yes, that that hit from Burfick probably played a very large role in it too, because even those even those around him in Pittsburgh said that he wasn't the same Antonio after that hit. Yeah, and people were calling him out and even saying, it's like, hey, he gives him his money and be paid everything that's going on with him. Watch out. And, and not just that, number one, there were plenty of memes saying that the Patriots were pretty much planning and doing all of this. So Brandon does have a point. Number two, the list of match the following Patriot to his violation continues <laughs> to grow. Number three, and this is really going to have you shit bricks. It's not just a one-year deal. There's They've added an option onto that to where if Tom Brady, who has Antonio Brown living at his house while he gets settled, decides that he's 10 trillion percent in and having this great year and decides, yeah, let me get an extension on my contract. I got a little extra blood. They all decide to stick around. <clears throat> Antonio Brown could be making even more money next season with the Patriots. Instead of fifteen million, it's going to be twenty. Yeah, be but prepared, let, Randy Moss two point Yeah. Okay, let me just say I, this I, real quick, and then we'll, hold on, Brandon. Let me just say this real quick, then you okay. can speak your piece, and then we'll move on here because we do have other stuff that we need to get to. Uh, if I'm New England, if I'm Antonio, get your money now and then get the fuck out of the league, Antonio. And I mean that from a personal concern of a, yeah, it's cool to have a show like this and be able to talk about the stupid shit that he's doing. But from a human being perspective, it's almost disturbing to watch. Yeah. Let get Randy paid, go get ahead. Like, get help. Like I said, my... The jury is still out for me as to whether or not this was all a work or not. Because the coincidences are just too great. If he goes in and he's still acting crazy and still complaining about the helmet and all of that, 
and, you know, disrupting the locker room, all of that, then I'll agree with you, Harry. But if he goes in and all of a sudden a switch gets flipped on and he is, you know, the the consummate professional and he is a, you know, team first, company man, all of that, then this was all a work. Okay, so, Brandon, one quick thing and then I'll pass it back. Number one, like I said, Randy Moss 2.0. Same situation mm-hmm. from Oakland and everything else. And number two, yep. if you think about it, Aren't the best works where you really can't tell if it's a work or a shoot? Fair enough. Okay, who's been teaching Eric wrestling lexicon? <laughs> I learn a few things every now and then. I expand my horizons. Anyway, um, we're going to go ahead and avoid the current Antonio Brown saga for now. But know that if anything further comes out between this week's episode that is being recorded on Wednesday night... And next week's episode that will be recorded next Wednesday night, we will talk about it, I assure you. I'm sure you can find out more than enough information on your own for now without us going into it. But if it proves that there's more of a story there, we will talk about it next week. Yep. Brandon. So, my that happened. My so that happened this week is... um. A very different one, a very unique one, and not one that I think a lot of people really even pay attention to. Obviously, I am a big football fan, but my first sports love has been has always been based lacrosse. And something... What? <laughs> no, not lacrosse. <laughs> well played, Jason. Continue, Brandon. And one thing that always kind of you know, especially from my childhood in the 90s, always kind of brought the two seasons to that transition from summer to fall were those first couple of games of the NFL season in certain stadiums where you had the football field overlapping a baseball diet. This past Monday was the last nationally televised and this upcoming Sunday is the last time ever that we will see that in an NFL stadium because obviously the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas next season. So farewell to that transitional moment. Correct me if I'm wrong. Don't the Raiders have like six more home games? Yes, but the next one after this upcoming week is the beginning of October. So unless the uh, unless the A's make it to the playoffs, they wouldn't have it. Which they are in a position in the wild card they right are. now. So there could wait. I'm, I'm confused. I'm confused. How is that? How is that stadium dependent? I know that the Raiders are going overseas for a couple of their home games. I think one's in Mexico because, and one's in London. But because it only what, happened that at Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Oh, oh cool. Oh, because they or, would pull oh, yeah. up. They would pull up the baseball stadium. Okay, I'm slow. But Ignore once me. the A's are once the A's are done, they, yeah, I'm slow. It took me a second to realize that. Okay, I got you. I, all right. Um, you know what? I'm actually okay with this though. I, I get the uniqueness of it all. But oh, professional yeah, football I understand players. the reason why it happens now, but, you know, it's still kind of one of those things that it's sad to see it go. 
but most professional football players have stated that they hate playing oh, on those yeah. stadium fields. Oh, I understand why it tack- had to happen. Because if you get tackled on that baseball diamond, it hurts way more than getting tackled on the AstroTurf of the or the grass in the Isn't outfield. Didn't that contribute mainly to the reason Bo Jackson's career was abruptly ended? Yeah, from the hip injuries. Yeah, I was about to say that hip. I would assume that getting tackled on that infield dirt over in Oakland probably didn't do him any favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that that's like that. He there were a lot. It was during the. It was during the during that when they was doing the conversion, and they had a game there, as, and the baseball field was still out. That mm-hmm. he got hurt and that jacked his hip up, and forced his football season to abruptly end, which honestly, was probably one of the greatest athletes to play two sports, having his career cut short by something as feeble as that. Him and Dion. Um, Eric? Mm-hmm? Let's talk a little bit, shall we? Yes, let's. <laughs> My show that happened is potentially the end of the NCAA. I saw this. I saw this. Let's talk California's fair. Let's talk California's fair pay to play law that is being sent to the governor now after it has been approved in both parts of the California legislative branch. It is a law that will allow collegiate athletes to to do advertisements, to have sponsored endorsements for their for their. local establishments or what have you like local car dealerships restaurants what have you there it is an opportunity that would allow players to be able to be paid for these deals and not lose eligibility which the ncaa is pitching an absolute bitch about Mm -hmm. because of their statement that it is unconstitutional and unlegislatable that the government would get involved in the ncaa's business like this eric you're kind of the expert when it comes to most of the things legal on this show with, when mm-hmm. it comes to sports law. I want to mm-hmm. get your opinion of this first year. Could this be the impetus for the end of the NCAA and perhaps a breakout of the major collegiate branches into almost a first and a second tier of the FBS as we know it now? In, especially in terms of your top two really money-making sports, football and men's basketball, yes, because – The main argument out of Indianapolis is they want to implement change as far as any sort of compensation for usage of a player's name, image, and likeness on a national scale. Whereas with California, they're saying, you're not moving fast enough. We have issues. We have the economy. We're going to push this forward. Now, it's going to be intriguing on two levels because, number one, under the fair play, fair play to or fair pay to play act, the schools themselves would have nothing to do with it. The compensation would be direct from the business to the athlete. So, like Harry mentioned as the example, if you go and do a, a commercial for a local Kia dealership or what have you, that dealership would pay you directly. It wouldn't go through the school whatsoever. Also, the timing of this, if it is signed, it would not take effect until at the earliest 2023. 
That gives a minimum of four years for California to work out a lot of the legislative kinks. During that four-year time, that opens the window for the major conferences' television contracts to expire. That gives... And isn't that also the year that um, the the championship comes out, like, is done? What do you mean? I think he means that... that I think he means that the last contracted season of the college football playoffs is right now. It it might be. It might be a little bit farther out, but it is right around in that time frame, yes. So, you're talking what could set into motion now, minimum two, three years of utter chaos. If these other states, which there's been rumblings, implement these similar laws... If they get together with all of these Power 5 schools and they all agree, as long as it doesn't hurt their bottom line, well, bye-bye NCAA control, which feeble ground, and especially in football, to begin with. Yeah, I mean, the NCAA really doesn't have any real control over football anyway at this point. I mean, certainly not at the highest levels. It certainly seems to be a cash grab on many on, in many circumstances. Look, I, I say this as an SEC guy. I, I say this as a known SEC homer on this show. I have been an SEC apologist from day one on this show. My favorite college football team is in the SEC. I make no apologies for that. Here's the thing. If the NCAA does not allow this to go through, then there are going to be schools, there are going to be conferences that are going to tell their players, that's fine, we don't need the NCAA. We can make our own group of aligned schools here. We'll have our own group of intercollegiate athletics there. And I guarantee you that we could probably negotiate just as big, if not bigger, contracts from television companies because of the fact that we'll have all these marquee schools involved if the NCAA won't let you guys get paid to play. Absolutely. Not to mention the NCAA, lest we forget, any kind of big litigation that they've had something like this, they've lost. All of the argument about, oh, this is unconstitutional, no, this is entirely constitutional. So they could go ahead and try to fight this, but the best arguments and the best threats that they have are banning certain states from participating in national championships, which would say, okay, we can't win a championship on your own, under your terms, we will create our own leagues for our own championships. This was a situation for a lot of women's sports in the early days of Title IX. For example, the AIAW were the uh, main governing body for collegiate softball until the mid-80s. It can be done again. See, that's the one thing that's going to be interesting about this if this does go through and the NCAA does try to fight it. Yes, on a football level, they, you know, the big conferences, the big schools can easily get away with it. But with every other sport, including men's basketball, because, you know, unless you're really old, the, you know, the. The tournament, the postseason, is based around the NCAA. Um, the only, like, if the NCAA tried to bar these bigger conferences from playing in it, that would hurt them a lot. 
and hurt basketball as a whole, hurt baseball as a whole. See, see I'm going to disagree with you, Brandon, because I don't think basketball is nearly as big of a moneymaker for most of these schools as football is. Oh, I agree. I'm not saying it is, but I'm I'm talking about it purely on the level of what happens in terms of these other sports. Well, I, I all know what's going to well, for men's basketball, you actually bring up a good point because with the rise of players opting not to go to college and play professionally overseas, especially in places like Australia and New Zealand, before while they gain their NBA eligibility, that is going to be even more prevalent if the NCAA takes this approach, not to mention with the expansion and the building up of the G League to prevent all of this best high school and college talent from playing overseas. If these kids are getting into the point to where they don't have opportunities and can't play for championships in college, they've got a minor league system and they've got international systems all set up. So the NCAA is actually setting themselves up for a double whammy. There, that's actually a good point because with all of the other sports, you know, baseball, it's always been like that. Soccer, it's always been like that. But now basketball, they have the opportunity where now players, unless they really want to go to college, if the NCAA basically stops their tournament, a lot of schools are going to be losing out on players and more players are going to be deciding to go to the minors instead of going to college. Of course. Um, you could definitely think that this could be the impetus as well for perhaps even another developmental league in regards to football or basketball because a lot of these players would end up skipping college altogether and going into like an XFL or had it succeeded the AAF. We do need to move on, but this is definitely going to be a situation that we're going to want to keep our eyes on because, as I said at the start of this conversation Mm -hmm. before it broke down the way that it did, this could be the impetus for the end of the NCAA's control over collegiate football at the very least and possibly have even more far-reaching plans going further and further out. All right, let's move on here. All I want to say is family show. We're talking about impetus. Impetus. (laughs) Clean out your ears. Uh, being too face deep in beaver. I'm just, I'm just glad I beaver. I'm just glad I got to use a family show on you for once. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I've got some questions. You ready? Ready. Nope. All right. So since this was the first week of the NFL season, the first two questions are going to be pretty obvious. I will start with Eric, as I usually do. Okay. Eric, what was that, Jason? (laughs) I mean, deep down, maybe pants down. Anyway. Hashtag affirmative action, baby. (laughs) Hashtag I have to to start with him. I get sued by the the NAACP (laughs) if I don't. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. We don't want Jesse Jackson at our door. Oh, God, no. Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck him, too. Just in general. (laughs) And if you have a problem with that, you can send the hate mail to s.garmer at (laughs) gmail.com. All right, let's move on. Eric, first two questions should seem obvious given the time of the year that it is. 
What okay. team made the strongest positive impression on you for the first week of the NFL season? I, I'm going to be honest, and I thought, yeah, it's a good team getting even better. And yes, I joke all the time how they have their power in pentagrams and how they sacrifice goats and more humans or whatever. But I mean, to me, really, it's the Patriots. While it's a positive impression, it's also kind of depressing in knowing the fact that they're not going away. And now they have been installed as a little bit less than 4-1 to one favorites to win the Super Bowl. I can see why. And, of course, Tom Brady looking like he's in his 20s for some damn reason saying, oh, we got to get back to work and we'll get better. I'm like, Jesus Christ, are they going to lose this season at all? It's just like, ugh. But, unfortunately, it is the way it is. It's a red, white, and blue world. And, uh, hey, Robert, just send the plane and take me to the Jack Shack. I'll shut up. Hmm. Jason, team impressed you the most in week one. Honestly, I think it was, <laughs> I want, I'm going to say this, and uh, I don't, I, I'm going to, oh, God. I wonder if Fuckface is listening because I'm going to give him some credit. I'm going to honestly say the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, God, that hurt. Um <laughs> Yeah, I th- apologies. I think, apologies to our listeners with headphones. <laughs> um, uh, once they got rolling, uh, they they were they was hit, firing on all cylinders, um, and it only took one series. The Giants' defense stepped up for the very first series, and then they went away. Uh, they made the adjustment. And even uh, Jason Witten came out looking like a Make-A-Wish program kid with his walker and even scored a touchdown. So uh, I think, honestly, I, I give give the Cowboys hell because of the division rivals, but I think that they can actually make some noise this season and even potentially make the NFC Championship game. Jason's going to go throw up now while Brandon gives us his answer. Um, honestly, for me, it's a toss-up between two teams, but since Eric already talked about one, and because I both want to rub it in on Eric some more, and I want to torture Harry some more, I'm going to give it to the Chiefs. Hey, hey Eric, guess what time Do I have a mute button, Sean? Can I get one? Oh, God. It, you know... I am just thankful that hopefully if everything goes well, I will be entertained by the company of this beautiful Italian woman next week, and all of this will be just... Family! <laughs> Brandon, continue. But, but, but yes, like I was saying, it's Mahomes' time. I mean, we talked about it. We thought there might be some sort of, you know, sophomore slump, but no, he just keeps on trucking. Yes, the Jaguar, Saxonville isn't what it used to be, but it's still Saxonville. You thought that, you know, they would put up a little bit of a better fight on the defensive end, but nope, they allowed the Chiefs to drop 40 on them, so yeah. You know what I have kind of an 
I have kind of an off the grid selection for mine, real quick, because I'm going to chime in on this one here. Um, I want to give credit where it's due to the Arizona Cardinals for their fourth quarter comeback and then managing to pull off the tie with a rookie quarterback against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. I was very impressed by the Cardinals. I and it even could have been a win. Yeah, I don't think that the Cardinals are going to be a threat in the West with um, the Rams, Seattle, and San Francisco looking much better than they did last year now that Garoppolo is once again healthy. But this is an Arizona team here. That is an entire division that is undefeated right now. They're 3-0-1 as a division. Somebody on this show talked about how good that division was. That they could possibly put three teams in the playoffs. I don't know who the fuck it was. Oh, okay. Let's calm down. Jimmy G threw a pick six. That should not have been a close game in Cincinnati either. So, oh man, I was hoping for Cincinnati just to shut Brandon the fuck up. <laughs> you came this close to week I, one survivor, fucker. I know. Then again, I know. Then again, me and Jason don't have a whole lot of room to talk yeah. either. Because yeah, for Philly. about three for about three quarters of that game on Sunday, it looked like Washington was going to beat Philadelphia. So, oh, all right, yeah. let's damn let's backdoor move. cover. Fuck you, Case Keenum. Jason, you can start the second question. We now flip the script here. Which team disappointed you the most in week one? Uh, I'm going to say, wow. I, I'm not going to take the easy, the easier route and say Cleveland. I'm going to say the Chicago Bears. Um, That's a good pick. A, a great defense. You, you got a Ferrari defense and a Pinto offense. Uh, they let Jordan Howard walk. Um, brought in one of the top rookie running backs in the draft class in Montgomery. But they didn't feed him the ball. And Trubisky looked like he was the starting quarterback at your local YMC or YMCA Rec League. Um, I, I mean, that defense is scary good. And, you know, I talked about, you know, you just have, if you have a good defense, your offense has just got to maintain. Well, your offense has got to at least move the damn ball. And that's something Chicago struggled with in week one. So I'm, I'm going to say that that is my backdoor disappointment. Um, I, like I said, I, I wasn't going to pile on Cleveland and, and make them the obvious pick. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears. Brandon. Since Jason didn't take it, I will take the obvious pick. Cleveland, they, they came in with so much hype, and everyone in Cleveland actually had hope for the first time in God knows how long. Um and they proceed to lose by 30. I mean, it's not like... It would be one thing if they lost in a close game. And you could say, okay, there's some growing pains. This is a young team. But no, they lose by 30. Browns are going to Browns. Um, yeah, Jason, you may be eating your words later on in the season. 
I picked Cleveland to take a wild card spot, so I'm kind of hoping this week was an anomaly. Eric. Number one, Jason, how dare you offend the Ford Pinto? Number two, let's be real. <laughs> that, that Chicago offense looked like a damn Edsel out there. It was a Model T. <laughs> If, if, number three, for my disappointing team, and granted, I had a little bit of, like, low expectations going into this, but for me, it was Denver. Yes, I gave Flacco a lot of shit because, oh, he only tries really when he has to, and I mentioned this might not be one of his best years, but for the majority of that game against Oakland, now, granted, in the black hole, Monday night football, last time ever in Oakland, I understand they were at a disadvantage. But could you at least try to act like you cared? I mean, yeah, you had like a good running game and everything, but just Flacco in particular, just no. Yeah, Denver fans... Let's just say you should be partaking before you go to mile high this year. You want to be at least two miles high for uh, some of these matchups. Is it the fact that Denver was that bad or maybe Oakland has better chemistry than we thought they did, Eric? To be determined. I do like the fact that after they released AB, they went and picked back up Keelan Doss, who had a fantastic preseason. But uh, Gruden... I can't knock on the wood just yet. I'm, a, I got, I'm inching towards it, but I can't knock yet. He keeps on knocking, but he can't come in. That's what she <laughs> said. All right. Anyway. I'm I haven't to, heard that in a while. <laughs> um, Eric, mm-hmm. I too am going to rub a little salt in the wound. Yeah. Okay. My, dis- my most disappointing team from week one was Atlanta. Who got oh. absolutely bitch slapped by Minnesota, losing twenty eight to twelve and only scoring those two touchdowns in the fourth quarter after they were already down twenty eight nothing. I did not like that. I did not like that. Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins put it on that Falcon defense. No, and he sh- really didn't, thankfully. <laughs> Shit. But the team in general did, and he was the one leading the team. Yeah, but that was mostly a, hey, we've got great running backs. Hey, we don't trust you yet, Kirk. This is how we're going to move the ball. <laughs> See, I don't I don't agree with that because Adam Thielen had a pretty decent game for me in fantasy. Well, yeah, but again, it was no Lamar Jackson. God bless FanDuel. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say this just like I did last last year. Baltimore beat Buffalo week one, 47-3. This year, they beat Miami 59-10. Last year, Baltimore won nine more games the rest of the 15-game season. So, believe it when I see it with the Ravens. You'll be seeing it, and again, I'll be talking about the Dolphins a little bit later. But, yeah, we've seen exactly how Minnesota's going to win games. They're not always going to get 28. Damn, Falcons. Okay, so now we ask a collegiate question here. And Eric, since I gave you the Miami Dolphins for your GIT once we get to that here in a few moments, I'm going to take your other GIT and use them as a question here. Okay. The Tennessee Volunteers 
FRT, and for those of you who don't know as a Florida Gator fan what FRT stands for, Google it. The Tennessee Volunteers have started 0-2 at Fuck Rocky Town. Basically. Or don't, or don't <laughs> Google it. Thanks, Jason. The Volunteers have started 0-2, losing two home games in back-to-back weeks to Georgia State, not Southern, and a BYU team that got decimated by Utah the week prior, losing to BYU in double overtime this past Saturday night, 29-26. Brandon. Yes. Buy or sell, Jeremy Pruitt doesn't see the end of the season as Tennessee's coach. I'll I'll buy it just because for some unknown reason, Tennessee fans think that they're going to do something every year and then get pissed off when they don't. Eric? You know the last time Tennessee started 0-2? Wasn't it in like the 60s? 1842 when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Close. 1988. (laughs) Look, I'm absolutely buying that he doesn't see the rest of the season, but don't expect anything better. Uh, Phil Fulmer, mm. your name's been mentioned. You're former coach, now AD. You might have to go ahead and pull the Wisconsin and uh, come back to the sidelines. Who was the coach at K-State? Bill Snyder that did that. Yeah, K-State. And actually, uh, and actually turned Kansas State back around. Yeah, and uh, was it Barry Alvarez? I want to say his name was it Wisconsin. He did the same thing. Yeah. Jason, by yourself. I'm actually going. I'm actually thinking that he will finish this season as the coach, and I think that you know they'll write the ship next year. And the only reason why I'm saying this is because I got to suck up to Robert Foster for bringing me on his sports show earlier <laughs> to talk the NFL season. And uh, I, honestly, I think I think Tennessee is one of those schools that in limbo. They're trying to find themselves. They're trying to right the wrongs of past coaches. <clears throat> Lane Train. Um, but, uh, but I think that Tennessee got put in a hole by former coaches and people that had decision-making abilities that it's going to take a while to right that ship. And you can't, you can't just do that. In a short amount of time, it's it's not going to be a one, two, three year turnaround. It's going to be a prolonged turnaround. You got to get kids in there that want to play, that want to be a part of the program, and right the wrongs of the past. So, yeah, I think he'll I think he'll be there at least this year and next. All right, very well. That finishes up. I got a question, and now we move on to our newest segment for the show this year called I'm a Survivor. All four of us were victorious last week. Myself and Jason picked the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Washington Redacteds. 
Washington did get a late touchdown to screw Eric, but Philadelphia won the game 32-27. 32-27, excuse me. Eric picked Tennessee, and, well, we've talked pretty much ad nauseum about how that game went for Cleveland, 43-13 to to the Titans. Dilly dilly! No, because those fridges wouldn't have opened. Anywho, Brandon... <laughs> Ban Brant Bandon. <laughs> First day with the new tongue, folks. Brandon picked <laughs> Seattle, assuming that they were a sure thing against Cincinnati at home. Well, about that. 21-20. As the Bengals almost become the first team to defeat think or yeah. God damn it. Let me try that again. The Bengals <laughs> almost become the first are you team. Having a, are you having a stroke? No, I think I, you know what it was. It's the fact that Sean played the chair before we started the show that has me all thrown off. Quit infecting my mind with bullshit, Sean. All right, the Bengals almost became the first team to beat Seattle at home in their home opener in the Pete Carroll era. There we go. Easy for me to say. Eric, mm-hmm. you're a survivor. Now, when you have a team that loses by at least 30 points. Believe it or not, certain teams do very, very well bouncing back the following week. One of those teams, especially under their current coach, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Following such a loss, not only do they have an incredible rate, one of the highest as far as covering the spread, they have a great record straight up. And even in games where they lose by double digits, the Steelers are like 11-6 and the following week. So for that reason, especially given the state of their opponent, I'm picking Pittsburgh. Jason, you're a survivor. I'm taking the softball and taking the pats. This some bitch keeps stealing my picks. (laughs) I'm I'm guarantee I'm making the week three. Fuck you. <laughs> like I just said, this dumb bitch keeps stealing my picks. I'm getting New England out of the way here. They're playing Miami. This game is going to end ugly. Very, very ugly. It may not end as ugly as you think when you look deep into the numbers. They do not do well, especially in Miami. And believe it or not, when they have a spread and they're favored by as much as they are, 18 and a half or 19, depending on the book. Their Um, average margin of victory in the Belichick, like Brady era, is only nine. Take that into account. If you're going to bet the Pats, do yourself a favor, take a little bit less juice and bet the money line. What he said. That will be a segue for later. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk we'll talk about that game more a little bit later on. Let's yeah. uh move on here. Brandon, you're a survivor. Um the Raiders are gonna come back down to earth. Not gonna have this crazy uh victory uh this week. And Mahomes is gonna Mahomes and the Chiefs are gonna beat the Raiders. You know, I'm not one to root for injuries, but if there was ever a guy that could, never mind. <laughs> I hope he becomes a paraplegic. 
The views and opinions of Jason T. Forget it. Not worth it. All right, moving on. We now move into one of the carryover segments from last year. It's time to get it together. Hey, Eric, mm-hmm. real quick, before you get started, I just want to do my bit that I was going to do for when I did this as my original so that happened. You ready? Ready. To the tune of Elton John's changes, they're tanking, tanking away. <laughs> they, they really are. And Miami, look, I get it. You've got Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen as your quarterbacks. Your draft, Mr. Gas Mask himself, Lermy Tunsil, who is actually more than competent as a tackle, you train him. You get rid of Kenny Stills after he was trolled with all the Jay-Z songs of practice after he spoke out about that news. So now you actually say, oh, we're not tanking. We're going to go ahead and we're going to be competitive. Only to have RG3 come in in the fourth quarter and throw a touchdown pass against you. What does that tell you about where you are as a franchise? And you don't expect people to get on their phone with their agents and say, like the goalie in Slapshot, trade me right fucking now and hang up? Jesus Christ, Dolphins, get it together. You know, this is the, this is the second week in a row that the Dolphins have been mentioned for something bad on this show. Because if you guys recall, I saw, I saw that happen them last week because of their... Um, their media division with the calendar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a this is a franchise in free fall that quite frankly will be lucky to win two games this season. Jason, get it together. Uh, I know I passed on them earlier, but I'm going to take them now. <laughs> um, the Cleveland Browns have to write the ship. Uh, there, I said this earlier. On Robert's show, um, in week two, you usually don't have a must-win game. In Cleveland, yeah, you do. This is a must-win game for you. So much hype, so much fanfare and pomp and circumstances that came with this team. High hopes, especially from yours truly. Uh, I'll, I'll admit, you know, I even built them up. I, I inflated that ego a little bit, like. They give a fuck what I care. I say, but um, this team has to has to right the ship somewhere, and they have to get out of their own way. The egos are on display. Uh, I don't think Kitchen has control of the the team like people think he is. He's more of a I want to be everybody's best friend and not piss anybody off. But he didn't realize there's only one football that can go around that field at any given time. And I love OBJ. He's a former giant. I I, I love him. But he's a prima donna. Uh, Landry's a prima donna. Uh, You also got to keep the other players there, like Najoku. Uh, You got to keep Chubb. Chubb was pretty much non-existent this weekend. Um. They have to figure out a game plan and keep everyone happy and keep everybody on the same page. So, Coach Kitchen, get it together. Brandon, get it together. 
my get it together this week. Yes, they were playing against the Patriots this past week, but, but only scoring three points. Steelers, if you want to have any hope, the, the AFC or yeah, the AFC North it may not be looking quite as strong as we originally thought with the with the Browns. But the Ravens put on a good performance, granted against the Dolphins. But if you want to have any hope of winning the division, you got to get it together. You've got another tough week this week against the Seahawks. So you may lose another one, but you got to get that, that train righted and get the ship going the right way again and get it together. All right, that's uh, that. That goes to Harry. We we um, might have lost him, but really I don't nice. care. It would it would be really nice if I could remember to hit the unmute button on my phone before I start speaking. Let me try that again, <laughs> so that way we can actually have something resembling a show. This one's on me, Garmer. I'll eat the blame on this. I think this is a much more winnable proposition for the Steelers this week, going having Seattle coming to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm than having to open the season in Foxborough last week for the championship banner racing was. I will openly admit that I did pick Pittsburgh to cover in that game. Part of that was because I wanted to get on my girlfriend's good side. She's a Steelers fan. That being said, I'll have something to say about this game a little bit later on that kind of contradicts what Eric had to say a little bit earlier in the show. Jason, I swear to God, if you steal another one of my picks. All right. <laughs> My get-it-together is the National Football League's referees, specifically regarding games with the New Orleans Saints. What the fuck, guys? I assume you guys have seen the story. And I imagine our listeners have seen the story as well, but if you haven't, allow me to set the table for you. So there was a penalty called on New Orleans at the the end of the first half of the Monday Night Football game against Houston. A penalty that came with a 10-second runoff when the Saints decided not to use one of their timeouts that they had there. Therefore, since the penalty occurred at 41 seconds, there should have been 31 seconds left on the clock for, Mm -hmm. I believe, it would have been third down. Instead, rather than setting the clock back to 41 seconds like they should have for the start of the play, since the play that had just happened was null and void due to the penalty... They set, the, they set the game clock to 26 seconds, which was the time that the flag was thrown to signify the penalty on the previous play. The game clock operators then set the 10-second runoff to 16 seconds, and the clock ran on the whistle since the Saints didn't take the timeout, thus screwing the Saints out of 10 seconds of dead air that they should have had from 31 down to 16. So 15 seconds of dead air that they should have had with which to make an opportunity to go down the field and possibly get another score on the board before halftime. I believe it was I believe it was 14-6 at the break, Houston? 14-3. Okay, so either way, I was they only had a field goal there and they would only get a field goal to start the second half as well. But if they could have scored at the end of the first half there, then gotten the ball back with the second half kickoff and driven down there, you're looking at a completely different game. As it was, it did not cost the Saints the game, but the NFL and its officiating crew has got to stop screwing the Saints. NFL referees, specifically in New Orleans Saints games, get it the fuck together. 
Especially <laughs> since you've got a lot of ornery Saints fans showing up in referees jerseys now. <laughs> I, I feel like you could put some of those Saints fans on the field and they do a better job than some of the officiating crews. <laughs> I mm-hmm. could go on the field and do a better job than some of those officiating crews. We've now hit our favorite segment of the show. Are you serious? I would like to state for the record that my picks last week were not serious. Therefore, I am still a zero and zero. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. That's not how that Ooh. works. Oh, okay. Um, I feel the need to own up to something here. It is the single worst week in the history of Are You Serious? And that's saying something from a guy that started 0-8 one year. (laughs) That was last year, Eric. Don't get your britches too big, okay? 0-2, 0-2, minus 71 and a half points. (laughs) On behalf of the entire state, fuck you, Nevada. Hey, I warned you about that one. I said, I don't know. The magic isn't going to happen again. Oregon's going to be pissed off after what happened against your somewhat beloved Auburn. But no. (laughs) None of us won won a game straight up last week. However, Brandon won both of his games against the spread. Eric won one of his games against the spread. I mean, you just fucked the dog. um, correct me if I'm wrong. Who won last year? Hey, you're not a Steelers fan. Quit living in the fucking past. Well, I'm winning again now. That's all I'm saying. I mean, are, are you start? Are, are are you jumping on the bandwagon? You know, for Sean you know what it, you know what it is. You, you know what it is, Jason. His favorite channel is clearly the History Channel because he loves living in the past. Yeah, but exactly. I'm but I'm still leading, so I'm living in the present. Shut too. up and let me stalk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I I've got a some sort of W on the board. I'm already off miles better to what I did last year, so hey, I'm all right. I start the number. I start this year with a plus number for once. <laughs> all right, let's get to our predictions for this week, so that way Jason can get some sleep for work tomorrow. Eric, college. You serious? Okay. When you've got a team, you're going up against a a conference rival, and you've got a new transfer quarterback coming in. You have a freakish two plus hour delay because, oh, I don't know, they're decided to be at that particular moment in time a shit ton of lightning strikes. Yet, through all of that, you come back. Until the game is played literally until about 4 in the morning when people are asleep, mostly drunk or what have you, and you kick a game-winning field goal. Good on you, Washington. Yeah, bad news. Nick Rolovich is coming into town. I've seen what Hawaii's done, especially to teams like Arizona, and... uh, Y'all think you're all well and good and this and that and big and bad and can win the North and you're favored by 23 and a half? Sit your ass down. Hawaii over UW. I just want to state for the record that UW is coming in off of a loss, actually. Oh, I forgot. It was Cal that kicked that game-winning field goal. Again, I was asleep. My brain (laughs) parched 
Look, it was shenanigans. It was four in the morning. I was having a very interesting conversation. It was family show. (laughs) Basically. Yes. Jason, college. Are you serious? Oh, I mean, hell, I've already gave Dallas credit. So, I mean, somebody might think that I need medication or I might be, you know, suffering from a traumatic brain injury myself. Especially when I'm going ahead and taking Houston plus six and a half. God, he leaves West Virginia, goes to Houston, and I pick him on Are You Serious? Damn. There might be something wrong with me. There is there is no truth to the theory that Antonio Brown and Jason Teasley have the same brain doctor. <laughs> Brandon, are you serious? This one may be even crazier. Not sure if they, uh, well, I'm almost certain that they won't win this game. But with a spread of 23 and a half, I think they can at least get to that. UCLA against Oklahoma. Wait, (laughs) what? Well, they're with that lead. Brandon, I love you. You're my boy. But if you're going to be smoking something, damn it, hook a brother up. Come (laughs) on now. There are rules here. Oh, my God. He picked UCLA. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I know we're recording this, so I'm intentionally hamming it up even extra. Oh, wait. You poor naive bastard! My God, again, the, the, the same. We're talking the same UCLA that lost to San Diego State for the first time ever. The Is one he... that's starting like a butt ton of freshmen. That UCLA. Hey, 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 hey! Don't just just let him live. We, Brandon, I support your pick. Uh, um, Harry, you have no right to talk considering what happened to you last week. Fair. Okay. Say the same thing's about to happen to you this week, so you have no right to talk either. It may very well. We'll see. Oh, there's no may about it. Did you not see what Oklahoma's done the first two weeks of the season? Oh, yes, I have. 49 49 to 31 week one, 70 to 14 week two. This is going to be another one of those 70 to 14 type scores here, Brandon. I'm glad you enjoyed the lead at the start of the season because you might not be keeping it. All right. All right. Um, so I actually kind of talked about this school earlier in the show, and now they have a new coach instead of the coach that I talked about there. That school is Kansas State. That coach that I talked about was Bill Snyder, but he retired at the end of the last season. And they proceeded to go out and hire possibly the fastest rising coach in college football, North Dakota State's Chris Kleeman, he of the four national championships in five years in the FCS. They go to Mississippi State as an eight-point underdog this weekend. Not only do they cover, they win. I could potentially see that happening because... Yeah, outside really the top heaviness of the SEC. Oh, and, yeah. <clears throat> no, I'm serious. I'm looking at the results. 
your best of the best in the SEC, and yes, I am even going to include Florida in that. God, I need to wash my mouth out afterwards and take a shower. But, but even with that, you have to admit, everyone else in the conference is just kind of I'd be worried about that game, by the way, Harry, considering what happened to you guys last year, this week. Yeah, I'm not exactly looking forward to playing Kentucky on Saturday, but um, I will be watching. That gives me another help in a Kentucky Fried Gator. You shut the fuck up, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) You know what a hurricane's weakness is, right? A Tar Heel. Damn it, Bubba Baxa! Just a little bit. All you had to do, just one. And you made one from 50, you fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Pissed off Eric might be my favorite Eric on this show. Who's your NFL? Are you serious, Eric? Okay. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I am not making this pick because I'm bitter. Am I bitter? A little bit. But this has nothing to do with it. This is a divisional game. What I saw from both of these teams was surprising. Very, very impressive. And I do... I do have to give them some credit. And again, if I'm right on this, I'm going to be knocking on a hell of a lot of wood next week. They may not win, but considering the history between these two teams, especially these past couple of years, it wouldn't surprise me. Raiders over the Chiefs. Oh, my God. Well, he's getting like 13 points there. No, he's not. He's only getting seven. Really? Yes, yeah. that line is only seven. <laughs> um, Jason, do you remember your comment earlier about family shows? Nope, totally forgot it. I'm going to give you an opportunity to get one here. You ready? Knocking on wood. So that's the stripper's name. Good to know. <laughs> family show. Hey, look, sometimes you there are... Family show! <laughs> All right, moving on. Jason, NFL, are you serious? Uh... Actually, um, considering the line I've seen today is nine and a half, yeah, I'm dead serious. The Pats are a, not just a single; they're they're under double digits. Um, what? Eric, what? Yeah, yeah, that's not what I'm seeing. I, that's not what I'm seeing either. You're on the wrong freaking website if that's what you're seeing for New England and Miami. I'm seeing double of that. I'm seeing eighteen and a well, half. I'm seeing nineteen and a half. I'm saying you need to be using the ESPN tracker for your mm-hmm. predictions, Jason. I'm, you, I was using Vegas, where I get all my lines, which is why I jumped all over when I seen it negative nine. And yes, I put $100 on it that my wife does not know about. Um. Oh, okay. Time out. When did you first see that? Because I even saw the inklings when they first put out the lines. They had that at minus 11. Uh, when, I, when did I send it to you guys in chat? At 6.45 this afternoon. Oh, oh there God. Has been, there has been a lot of movement. A lot of movement. Where you, the- you, you go on. I'm going to investigate this. 
I am gonna yeah, because I, 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 I will take I will take whatever Harry says the line at. The line is nineteen. Eighteen and a half technically. So yeah, you're taking yeah. my, you're taking Miami minus eighteen and a half? No, I'm taking New England. You can't. No. They're the favorite. It's an underdog prediction, Jason. I don't I want them to cover. No. Yeah, no, not to mention on reviews, yes, the line opened at 18 and is now sitting at 19. The Patriots are minus 2,400 on the money line. So there's no way in seven hells you could have gotten at nine and a half. I got it at nine and a half. I will show you the, I will show you the line. You better have paid a shit ton to get those points. For real. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here, Jason, while while Brandon and I make our pick, you consult this list that I just sent in the group chat so you can pick off the lines the rest of us use in the real world. Hey, don't even start. I never got it. Brandon, NFL, are you serious? My are you serious? You guys might laugh at me again, but they even with their backup, in there, they showed some. That backup showed some decent promise. Are you in the mustache? Who would be the mustache? Gardner me? Oh, 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 yes, yes, I am. Alrighty, I'm taking. I'm taking Jacksonville minus nine against Houston. I think that game will be closer than, uh, especially because this is a rivalry game too. This is an interdivision or yeah, interdivisional rivalry game. No, I, I could. Actually, I think I this could, will be closer than nine. I think it'll be closer than nine as well, actually. Especially since Minshew came in, went twenty-two for twenty-five, and mm-hmm. one of those was a Leonard Fournette drop for two hundred seventy-five yards and two touchdowns. Not yeah. a bad backup. Not to mention, the thing is, is nobody got to see the kid play because he played at Washington State, and that's like football after dark out there. Fair Not enough. to mention Mike Leach, and he has some weird things in quarterback meetings. His, with um, Leach's with Leach's <coughs> excuse me, with Leach's run with um, <coughs> excuse me, with Leach's run with Mahomes at Texas Tech, and now the success that he's having in the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Minshew, maybe not to that level, but certainly along those lines of the accuracy is certainly there. And DJ Chark was an absolute beast in fantasy this week. Which was the the belief for him coming out of college when he was drafted this year? Uh, Leach did not have Mahomes at Texas Tech. Could have sworn that could have sworn they said that Leach had Mahomes while he was at Texas Tech. No, that was Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, okay, my mistake. Kingsbury had him. Yeah, the last like quarterback that uh, Leach had at Texas Tech was Graham Harrell, who did nothing in the NFL, and Jason- now he's the offensive coordinator at USC. Oh, shout out to USC for putting a beating on the tree this past weekend, forty-five twenty. Didn't see that one coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, have you found a usable selection for, t- for this weekend? Well, what, what's our, we've got to take what, seven? Four in the no, NFL. No, five for uh, NFL. Four? 
Four, four in the NFL. Oh, four. All right. I, I, I'll make this an easy one. And I want to take the... Um, I'm going to take the Steelers, Steelers and Seahawks. So you're yes. taking my pick again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just because it's your pick, so I don't take it. I will take, I'll go down and take the Cardinals in the Ravens game. You know what? I actually gave very serious consideration to that because Arizona played a lot better than that 13 and a half line, I'll tell you. And I think Baltimore's, going to have an overinflated sense of self after what they did to Miami this first week. That one could potentially be a shootout because that uh, Arizona defense was not as wobbly as Miami, but still a little bit. So that one could be a fun one. And I think that once, I think um, once Baltimore actually plays a team that cares, <laughs> then We'll find out what Baltimore is actually made of. I will point out that that Baltimore Miami game was forty-two to three in the second quarter. Mm, takes me back to the days in the particular game where the Jaguars were beating Baltimore forty-two to three at halftime. Mm. Eric, where can people find you online? Uh, if you're finding my more sane version at Squid Sports Head, but uh, if you want some different sides, DM me and you will go through a very thorough screening process. And I'll let you know to uh, two other handles that I'm at. One on an app that is uh, pretty much family show written all over it. I will say that. Jesus Christ, I don't even want to know. It's actually pretty awesome. The main company that makes it is Mastodon, and they have this one app that the name of it is pretty obvious. It's called Switter. Oh, I will let you derive appropriately. Uh, real quick, before you do that, where would you? Where would people find you to place your bets online, Eric? Well, I mean, while I am still kind of a. Buddy, buddy, with my bookie? I, I don't know. If I can get my hands on it, uh, I might be making a move to Foxbet. I, I feel so broken. We're losing one of our main our main plugs from last season. <laughs> I know. It's I'm weird, hurt. but they had too much controversy. And I'm hanging on by a thread because they were generous enough to give me a $25 free play for my birthday, but... Uh, times change, man. I'm sorry. It's not them. It's me. <laughs> All right. Well played. Jason, where can people find you online? Um, well, just like I said earlier, I was on Robert Foster's Golden Sports podcast talking NFL week one, week two. Uh, also, you can find me popping up on Radledge Broadcasting Network. Of course, you can find me here, but you will not find me washing dishes at a BW3. Um, and if you feel like following me on Twitter, it's at TurkeyGlue822, and uh, that's pretty much it. So what you're saying is you're no writing fanatic. Good to know. <laughs> what I'm saying is I don't read off a teleprompter with a robotic voice as I wash dishes at BW3. <laughs> we, we tried to be nice, bitch. We tried. 
Brandon, where can people find you online? Uh, they can, can find me on Twitter at Bisco underscore Gotham SN and find me on Facebook and all the different uh, sports groups and bridge everywhere sports. All right. Before I do my plugs, I want to make a quick correction for Jason. Robert Foster's podcast is actually called Golden Point Sports, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, especially when I show up on it. They wanted to have me on for the AFC East preview. So that way I could talk bills and everything with them. But this was back when I was having my personal issues with my family life and I was unable to do so. But, yeah, shout out to Robert uh-huh. Foster. And hopefully they have a ton of success over there. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm hey. not even going to make a joke that I really had set up in my head. Just out of preliminary respect. I uh, will. Just, you should have named it Golden Shower stuff. Sports. <laughs> See, Robert, that one wasn't me. What was that, Jason? I said, I just thought he did. He cut you because he wanted somebody with talent. <laughs> then why is he booking your ass? Because other than Bisco, I don't think he could probably find another fucking Johns fan. There's a few bills out there. <laughs> I'm H-E-B the Eagle on Twitter, even though I barely use it, if I'm being honest. Find me on Facebook, yep. Harry Broadhurst. By all means, feel free to shoot us a message. Tell us what you think of the show. Yep. Or don't. Don't tell us what you think, because we're still going to do the show anyway. It really doesn't matter to me. <laughs> now, however, you know, if, you're, if you're sending us messages for what you think for certain shenanigans and stuff, then hey! show! <laughs> for Eric Watkins, Brandon Biscabing, Jason Teasley, and our executive producer, Sean Garmer, I'm Harry Broadhurst. This has been The Kickoff, Season 3, Episode 2 here on the W2M Network. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week. Somebody should probably tell Sean that we're done with the show.